good to see all of you out tonight. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm having trouble adjusting to the cold. But uh, I guess it is that time of year. Before we get started, let's, uh, let's go to God in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we have to gather together and to open up your word. We pray that as we study tonight that we will learn many principles and lessons from your word that we can apply to our lives to help one another in this walk of life. We're thankful for the word and we're thankful for the inerrancy of it and we're thankful that we have it to read it, study it, and to help us along the way. We're most thankful for your son. We're thankful for the life that he led, the sacrifice that he made. And we're thankful that we have that hope of eternal life through forgiveness of our sins, through his blood. Dear Heavenly Father, we're also mindful of those who are sick. We're mindful of those who may be grieving from a lost loved one. We pray that you be with them and comfort them as only you can. And all these things we ask in your son's name. Amen. All right. Tonight we're going to be in Luke chapter 1. And this quarter we're going to be studying the prayer life of Jesus. Um, We're going to be studying kind of prayer in general, but we're going to focus on the prayers that Jesus offered up. And tonight we're going to start, I was looking at the, they call it the Song of Mary or the Prayer of Mary. And as I was reading through it, I thought, well, you know, we need to back up and look at the uh, scriptures before this. to to get the full uh, effect of of what Mary is saying here in her song or her prayer. So I would like to start um, Luke chapter 1. I'm going to start in verse 5 and read through verse 17. In the days of Herod, king of Judah... There was a priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both advanced in years. Now it happened that while he was performing his priestly service before God in the appointed order of his division, according to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside at the hour of the incense offering. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the altar of incense. Zacharias was troubled when he saw the angel, 
and fear gripped him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice in his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine nor liquor, or and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. This is a very crucial point in the Bible timeline. There's been several hundred years of silence since God has spoken through his people. And this is, there's going to be two prophecies that will be fulfilled here that are probably two of the most well-known prophecies or the most important prophecies in the Bible. Sometimes we, uh, when we read through the Bible, we don't, we skip over a lot of things, I do, but I try to picture myself getting into that Bible story and trying to look around and feel and take in what those people were feeling and try to pick out the little things that that will help us understand and will maybe give us a insight things that we can get out of these scriptures to help us in our walk of life. Um, Zacharias is a priest of the division of Abijah, which is the eighth division. And according to my research, there was there are twenty four divisions in the priestly order. Each would serve two weeks out of the year, and you can find this in First Chronicles chapter 24, verses 4 through 19. Uh, there, are, there are some who also use this service, this time, and the six-month difference between the birth of John the Baptist and the birth of Jesus to pinpoint the exact date and the birth of Jesus and the exact date of crucifixion. But, to, but there are so many variables in trying to figure this out. There's no exact set date that we have found. We kind of know the time of year, but there's no exact date. But if you're into that kind of thing, I did some research, and it's very interesting how people do try to come to these dates. I mean, it, it's pretty neat. The, the math that they use and, the, and all the things that they put into it to come up with this date. In verse 5, Elizabeth, Zechariah's wife, was from the daughters of Aaron. Notice closely in verse 6 what God's word tells us. They were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. Now, as we see here, God was not putting this task to just anyone. And I think this is very important that they were that it says they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinance of the Lord blameless. We just got through studying um, judges, and we've seen many examples of where there were good judges, there were bad judges, 
And this is very encouraging to me that this is some 400 plus years later, but we still have people who are following God's will. They are doing what God wants them to do, even though we have all the the kind of negative examples of people who are not following what God would have them to do. God's plan is moving forward here. He is not using just anyone to do this. Zacharias is a, a Levite, obviously. He was a priest, not just any priest. Again, they are both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. Also, Elizabeth from the daughters of Aaron. And obviously in verse, in verse 10, their example had positive influence on many people. It says that there were a whole multitude of people who were praying outside. The angel appears to Zacharias in verse 11, and he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. This was probably a very routine service, and he was troubled, and fear fell upon him because this is probably something he had done time and time again. But then when an angel appears, that's got to be very startling. But it's also important to, to see that he was afraid, that he was reverent, that he knew that this was from God. Then, then in verse 13, the angel speaks to Zacharias and proceeds to try to calm his fears. And that his prayer has been answered. The angel wastes no time in getting to the business at hand. Now my question to you is, it talks about this multitude of people who was praying outside. What do you suppose they were praying? Y'all don't be shy, I won't bite. What do you suppose they were praying? What do we pray for? Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Mercy. Okay. For the sick. Okay. Anyone else? Verse 13 continued, the angel goes on to tell Zacharias that his wife will bear a son, and you shall call his name John. In verse 14, you, being Zacharias, would have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. In verse 15, he, speaking of John, will be great in the sight of the Lord. John would drink neither wine nor strong drink, why would that be? 
Why would this be specifically pointed out? Okay. But what other reason? Set apart. Okay. Um, on the day of Pentecost, what did they accuse Peter and the eleven? Okay. And the Old Testament speaks about people in in judgment roles are to not drink. It keeps their mind clear. I think that's one of the things that's obviously pointed out here, that that if people are going to listen to what he has to say, he's going to have to be a, a sober-minded man, for sure, for people to listen to what he has to say. Anyone else? Okay, we'll move on. The angel goes on to say that this John would be filled with the Holy Spirit from, a, from his mother's womb. Now this is where it gets interesting. He will also go before him, which is capital H, in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, I'd like to do something here. I need four good readers. I got four different scriptures, and I want to. I want to read them back to back. So, I need good readers in there. Jeremy, can you do one? Uh, I'm going to sign all of them, and then we'll go in that order. Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 40, verses 3 through 5. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 3 through 5. Who else would like to read? Roger. Uh, Malachi chapter 3 and verse 1. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 1. Anyone else? Yes, sir. Um, Malachi chapter 4, verses 4 through 6. Malachi chapter 4, verses 4 through 6. One more reader. Brother Sutton. Matthew chapter 11, verses 8 through 15. Jeremy. The voice of one crying in the wilderness to prepare the way of the Lord, to make straight in the desert a highway to our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all the flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord is spoken. Malachi 3.1 Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord, whom you seek, will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Malachi 4, 4 through 6. 
Remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded him in order for all Israel, with the statutes and the judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. He turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Matthew 11, I'm going to start at 7 to 15. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written. Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets in the law prophesied until John. And if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Thank you. Now these prophecies, Isaiah was some 700 years before this speaking. Malachi was 430 years B.C. So you see, this is this is some very important prophecies that are are coming true at this point. Um, and then you got it's kind of interesting too that Zacharias and Elizabeth, uh, Levites, the priestly, is bringing in John the Baptist, who is going to tell everyone of Jesus. He's going to clear the way. So you got a priest of the Levite, his son, they're walking in God's commandments, and they're going to be the ones to bring forth this child. Let's continue. Any questions? Okay. Verse 18. Zechariah said to the angel, How will I know this for certain? For I am old, and my wife is advanced in years. The angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God. I have sent to speak to you and to bring you these good news. And behold, you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be, will be fulfilled in their proper time. These people were waiting for Zacharias and were wondering at his delay in the temple. But when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. When the days of the priest's service were ended, he went back home. After these days, Elizabeth, his wife, became pregnant. And she kept herself in in seclusion for five months, saying, This is the way of the Lord, this is the way the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked 
with favor upon me to take away my disgrace among men. Now it's time for Zacharias to talk. Zacharias replies, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. What would be the age for well advanced in years? What other story comes to your mind similarly? Okay, Abraham. How old was Abraham and Sarai, Sarah, when, when they were told by God they were going to have a son? Okay. How old? Think Abram, Abraham was a hundred, and Sarah, Sarah, was ninety, if I'm not mistaken. So well advanced in years. Okay. All right. Now, the angel says that his prayer has been answered. Do you suppose that? Zacharias was still praying for children at this age. Do you think the people outside were praying for them to have children? Probably not. They had probably accepted that, you know, just we're just not it's not going to happen. So I think one of the things that really stands out here is where it talks about that it's going to happen in which verse is it where it talks about it's that it uh, verse 20 at the end of verse 20 where it says because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their proper time so you see here here's another example of where we want to speed things up and sometimes we feel like our prayers are not answered. But when, when you look at Zacharias, he's, he was probably praying for children, you know, 30, 40 years old, 50 years old, 60 years old, maybe 70. And then he probably just decided, hey, it, it's not going to happen. So you just think about all those years. But that prayer was finally answered. And you think of the prayers that we offer up, and we feel like that they should be answered immediately. And sometimes they may be answered immediately, but they're just not answered in the way that we expected them to be answered. And sometimes it takes several years of life and looking back on the prayers we've, we've asked for and how life is, has made different turns and how it's turned out that that prayer may have been answered in a better way than we asked for it because God knows best. Russell? It's the fullness of time when God's ready and he can use, use us on time. I think we fail to give God enough work to fulfill what he wants for his glory. And that fulfills his purpose. Uh, Big enough to 
and it seems too here that the angel uh, was a little frustrated with Zacharias because he specifically says, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to you to bring you these glad tidings, which some, some versions will say. Um, Zacharias comes across as doubting what this angel Gabriel is telling him. From the information we're not, uh, that we get from the script, Zacharias was probably had stopped praying for children uh, then out of the blue, a miraculous as it was, the angel Gabriel appears to Zacharias and doubted he was being told he was not just doubting the angel when in reality he was doubting God, the one who had sent him. So when you, when you think about it in that way, it's, 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 uh, it's a little scary. Okay. Let's move on. We're we're running out of time. All right, now I'm I'm gonna jump down now to verse twenty-six. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendants of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. 
The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name, his, you shall name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Israel forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered and said to her, The the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the prayer of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called barren, is now in her sixth month, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your words. And the angel departed from her. Now at this time Mary arose and went in a hurry to the hill country, to a city of, of Judah, and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. Now here we have Gabriel, six months later, appearing to Mary. And it also talks about where the baby leaped in her womb. This is where it talked about how John would be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in her mother's womb, which was verse 15 of chapter 1. Now the rest the rest of tonight we're going to read we're going to actually we're going to read Mary's song or prayer. And something that I want you to do when you go home tonight is I want you to lay two Bibles on the table and go back to Hannah's prayer. Lay one on your left and lay this one on the right. And I want you to go through, I want you to alternate verses. I want you to read the first verse of Hannah's prayer, read the first verse of Mary's prayer. And it's very interesting how they're not exactly in alignment with what they say, but a lot of the same things are said just in a little different order in both of those prayers. That is, um, I had never, I had heard there were similarities, but I had never done that before, but it really brings it out when you alternate back and forth and you read, read those two different uh, parts of Scripture. 
Verse 46. And Mary said, My soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has had regard for the humble state of his bondslave. For behold, from this time on, all generations will count me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is upon generation after generation toward those who fear him. He has done mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who were proud in the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. He has exalted those who were humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty-handed. He has given help to Israel, his servant, in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his descendants forever. And it goes on to say, And Mary stayed with her about three months and then returned to her home. Now, verse 57, Now the time has come with Elizabeth to give birth, and she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and her relatives heard that the Lord had displayed his great mercy toward her, and they were rejoicing with her. And it happened that on the eighth day that they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to call him Zacharias after his father, But his mother answered and said, No, indeed, but he shall be called John. And they said to her, There is no one among your relatives who is called by by that name. And they they made signs to his father as to what he wanted him called. And he asked for a tablet and wrote as follows, His name is John. And they were all astonished. And at once his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed and he began to speak and praise God. And if you go on too later in your spare time and read which is called Zechariah's prophecy between Hannah's prayer, Mary's and in Zechariah's prophecy they all say a lot of similar things. They're all... um, they're all very humbling. It talks about how the, the humble and those who serve God will be exalted and how the proud and the people who do not fear God will be brought down. And that's very encouraging to me. I don't know. I'm sure it is to anyone who has the hope that we have. But it, uh, And all these prophecies and things, even the little things, it is so amazing to see them the years that pass of when they were spoken first and now we see them coming true. It's just amazing how God's word just continually is tied together. When you prepare a lesson like this, you've got so many things you want to say, but there's just not enough time. But uh, is there any questions or comments?
Anyone else? Y'all been very quiet. This this is study. You know, this is not a, a lecture. But Stephen, I'm sorry, Kim. Go ahead, Kim. I'm sorry. Right, Stephen. wonder why Mary was chosen outside of being from Judah, tribe of Judah. Why? Why Mary? There was something God seen in Mary that was special. You know, and there was something special in Zacharias and Elizabeth, even though he doubted. He was human. point good point there's so many things you can bring out and that's that's why i like discussion because every time you read through it there'll be something else that comes to mind you'll remember something somebody else said that will help you bring something else that makes more sense and will help us in our journey so if there's no more comments that's all i have and thank you for being here tonight